Welcome to episode 4 of May, the podcast about purpose-driven design, making, and manufacturing. Today we're going to be talking about Precious Plastics, a website that is changing the way we recycle plastic. Let's continue the conversation. Hi everyone, welcome back to MADE. Uh, I'm here with, as always, Ray Peña. How you doing? Good. And Claudia couldn't make it this week, so hopefully she'll be back next week. She's been very busy, so Ray and I will continue forward. And of course, I'm Jose Valcarcel. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we have notes on the description of each podcast. You can also find us on SoundCloud. And uh, we're going to get a website up and running. I, I know we will. <laughs> it's just time is a uh, concern sometimes, but we'll, we'll get that up and running. And I'll also add a link for RSS feed. And now we have a Facebook page that's called Made. So hopefully you guys can find us. I'll add a link for that as well. How you been, Ray? Oh, not bad. How you been? I've been pretty good. Pretty good, you know. Just uh, the weather's been terrible here in D.C. But but otherwise... Oh, here too. Yeah, you're getting a lot of rain too. Yeah, I haven't uh, been able to ride my motorcycle because mm-hmm. of the rain. Yeah, no. The, the it's water. raining now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's raining here as well. Hmm. All right, well, good. Uh, and... and we have a good show today. I think the, the, the topic of plastics is going to be a good one to discuss. So hopefully everybody likes it and we'll get to that in a second. But let's cover some news. All right, Ray. So here, our first story is one that harpens back to architecture. Um, and one that I have a little bit of an issue for. I don't have an issue with the design. I think it's called a, a glass house built around a tree. And this is a story I saw, like, I've seen for a few weeks, and I've just sort of been ignoring it and ignoring it. Um, but it keeps popping up, so I finally thought, we should, you know, let's talk about it. Because, you know, the beautiful design, I'll say that. Mm-hmm, know, I agree. Even the idea of, like, oh, you have this tree with inside, and just to do a quick description, it's sort of this cylinder house that's wrapped around this large beautiful tree so beautiful design i think the idea of living within nature almost it's almost like a tree house it happens back to that it's great the issue i have with this is that <laughs> this house is going to kill this tree <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? i agree and I, I don't i feel like nobody's talking about that in in any articles i've seen for this um because i'm no arborist but i'll start with that i've m- talked with plenty of arborists in the work that i'm doing because i'm doing a lot of residential architecture right now and I've talked to a lot of arborists, and even if when you're building this, you don't kill the root, because there's ways to not kill the root of the tree. You can, you know, post it down instead of doing foundations all the way around. But you're cutting out a large area of the, where the tree gets its water from, and it's mm-hmm. light. Like, all of that affects the tree. Mm-hmm. And this is not taking that into account at all. No, I think uh, looking at it, it's a strictly a design exercise, right. and it reminds me of uh, being back in architecture school. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the kind of uh, design-only uh, design right. <laughs> that that you would expect a a student to to come up with. What is interesting, uh, and I agree with you, I think it's a beautiful design as mm-hmm. just from the design right. perspective only. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would still be beautiful without the tree and probably more functional. Exactly. Um, but it, it kind of reminds me of a, uh, uh, you, you know those butterfly cases that I make? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a butterfly in nature is a beautiful thing. It has a short lifespan. But something changes about the object that you put inside a, a case. Once you encase it, mm-hmm. you've elevated it to a different uh, level. And, uh, you know, they've singled out this tree in the design to make it uh, special. And, and uh, maybe if this was a desert environment and you had to protect the tree, it makes a little bit more sense. Right. But I agree with you. They've, they've uh, in the design, you've taken this tree and you've said, oh, it's something special and I'm going to enclose it in glass. And now it can't transpire correctly. Right. Um, you know, uh, trees give off uh, moisture as well through the leaves. Mm-hmm. It can't absorb. It can't give off. It, it's a confined uh, environment. Uh, so I agree with you. I think it, uh, the reality is it will kill the tree, right. uh, but uh, the, but the design is is gorgeous. Um, having said that, it is not practical Mm-mm. from any other point. Just cost. Mm-hmm. That curved glass would be oh, astronomical. Yeah, forget it. 
but uh, but it's an interesting little I would call it an academic design mm -hmm. exercise. Yeah, I, I can uh, agree with that. It's it is it's a nice design. It could probably win a competition if somebody submitted it somewhere. But it's yeah. it's it's buildable. I don't want to say it's not buildable. It's just yeah. not something that I think should be built around a tree. I agree. Um, and and it's funny because you look at this and the first thing I thought is it's the exact converse, the exact opposite of Ken Yang's work. Mm, yeah. I mean <laughs> it's a tower with green on the inside, not the outside. Right, right, right. So it's a it's a little bit of a of a confusing design from that point of view because it, it kind of says, you know, I understand that a tree has an environment that it has to live in and I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, beautiful renderings. I think the last oh, yeah. one sort of, <laughs> you know, this the, the very last rendering in this article where it's just a single tree in the house all the way around it. You, I mean, it looks like they cleared a section of this forest just to build the house around this tree. It's, yeah. There is a... A disconnect. A disconnect completely, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, nice idea that please don't build this. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, I agree. You know, um, Philip Johnson did it much better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and even Miss Vander over the Farnsworth house. Absolutely, yeah. 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 All right, well, let's move on to the next story, which is <laughs> it's a fun one. Um, a few, I mean, there's been rumors for a while that Apple's going to design a car, right? And the, I think it's, been, it's come out that they are they're working on this car design. Um, so Motor Trend decided to do a concept of what they think the car would look like. And it was not well received at all. <laughs> what do you think uh, of this that's design? To put it, yeah, not well received is the nicest way you could put it. Uh, people mm. felt very strongly about oh, it. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I mentioned this to Claudia when we when I first saw it. I'm like, they literally took. It's like, you know, I followed Apple's designs for a while, but they literally took like, okay, this is what the phone looks like. So mm -hmm. we're gonna make a car to match the phone. You know, and it's like that's not how people design stuff. It isn't. No, it. You know, you the the the, f the very first iPhone looked nothing like what their computers used to look like. You know, and it's mm -hmm. evolved, and and they've sort of come a little closer together. What the computers and the phones, and they, they all sort of look a little bit closer. Even together. the mouse. Even the mouse, right? Yeah. They all sort of come closer together, but that doesn't mean the first car that's going to come out is going to be like, like, it's almost like the car is the accessory to your computer and your phone. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's interesting is that people felt so strongly about this car, and and, only, and it was just a uh, concept. Right. But it goes to show you that uh, even regular people, and in this particular case, this was car people, mm -hmm. the design, the design spoke 100% for this, uh, for this uh, idea, and and people absolutely hated it. Mm -hmm. Forget about how the car ran. Forget right. about any of the, the technology that might be into it, because it's. It's only conceptual. None of that mattered. On the design, that first glimpse that you have, immediately it it says, "I am not a car." Right. <laughs> yeah. And and people felt very strongly about it. Mm -hmm. and it. And it goes to show you that you you really need to think about um, designing your product much more than just slapping something together right. and say, "Oh yeah, here here's my badge. I'm such a big company. I do great." Here's my badge. Mm -hmm. I think it's fine as it is. Yeah. Well, it's funny because people disliked it so much that Modern Trend, who put out this design, this concept, had to acknowledge people hated it that much. You know, you don't see <laughs> yeah. that that much. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think to me it also speaks to the fact of like, you know, design is not just a style, right? They they no, really absolutely. broke down like, oh, Apple's look is a style. Let's just stay in that style. That's not what design is, you know. Uh, oh yeah, I think yeah. I think they they've really brought to light how important uh, thinking about the function mm -hmm. of the machine is going to be. It's got to look nice too, yeah. uh, so it's got because I'm sure if they built it just like this, it would function correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, but it'll be such an eyesore that nobody would want it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, let's keep an eye out for what the real Apple Apple car looks like. But this is definitely not going to be it. Yeah, no, and and uh, have you seen not to not to take away from the Apple car, mm -hmm. but have you seen the BMW Vision concept? No, I have not. Okay, that uh, if both of these cars came out at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, Apple would go out of business. No, yeah, yeah. because the the BMW and and that goes to show you BMW builds cars. Mm -hmm. They concentrate on the design of cars. Um, it's a it's called the Vision. Right now, it's just conceptual, mm -hmm. and it has a dynamic skin. Hmm. Oh, so you know, I think I did see that. 
Yeah. Quite an interesting concept. Since we're on the on the subject of cars. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, okay, yeah, I see. I did see this thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It, no, it was very cool looking. It's a little over-designed for me, I, but, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. conceptually, mm -hmm. I, I like the concept yeah, yeah. of it. And, and no one has, has said, oh, yeah, you know what? BMW should stop making cars. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> they saw this and they're like, wow, not for me, but very interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Ugly car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's look at move, move, oh, moving on to our last story. Uh, so now you can 3D print with metal. Um, you know, this, again, is going to go to what we're, we're talking about, and it's a big theme that's been running through the podcast, which is this 3D printing and making, which is what we want. But now it's taking the next step, and you're doing it with metal. I think this is great. Um, seems dangerous still, but but great, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think? Well, uh, you, you know, from a manufacturing point of view, this technology has been around uh, a little while. Right. Uh, it, uh, before it be, it was a a metal printing technology. It was known as centering. Mm. Uh, centering. I'm not sure if you're familiar with no. that. Uh, but it's basically when you take like a powder, you have these these small uh, molecules, and under high temperature and pressure, you can actually form it into an exact um, shape. Mm -hmm. And you can use you can do this with materials that are otherwise difficult, if not impossible, to machine in any other way. So some tooling, when we buy tooling, it's actually sintered. Mm. Um, so this is the next leap from sintering, yeah. uh, where it uh, uses a laser to melt small tiny particles. Uh, together into a solid metal object. Now, I've seen this uh, used only a couple of times. Uh, we don't do this in our shop, but I've seen it used a couple of times to manufacture mold forms. So, uh, for example, injection molding forms, hmm. where you can have very complicated shapes with uh, very complicated cooling passages on the inside that you cannot otherwise, there is no other way to manufacture it. Hmm. So you can make all these uh, weird shaped jackets and passages that a tool could never, could never cut to optimize the, the cooling level and time that it takes to, uh, to cool a, a, an injection molded part and then remove it from the mold. So the technology is absolutely fascinating. Um, obviously, it's not cheap. No, no. But what I like, cheap. what I like is that it's coming down. It's getting mm. cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Um, and I and I'm like you. This I think this ties together with the all forge and 3D printing and all that kind of stuff. I would love to see how in the next ten years they combine all of this together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's there's already machines that start tying some of this stuff to get different functions together. It's mm -hmm. going to be interesting as how it keeps it just keeps evolving. 3D printers have gone from just melting plastic. Oh, to now you can do uh, ceramic, you can do so many things with them. It's well, even glass. I'm not yeah. sure if you saw no, the 3D that's, printed yeah, glass. glass. Yeah. Fascinating. It's and I know they're building a bridge. Uh, they're using 3D metal mm -hmm. uh, printing, but they're using welding technology. Mm -hmm. And they are building this bridge from both banks, and they're going to meet in the, in middle. the middle. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, have to, I have to pull up where that's happening. Yeah, we should definitely pull that up, but maybe talk about it next week. Absolutely. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, so moving forward with the uh, with the 3D printing, I think it's it's only exciting. So good, which and this is good because it ties us into our main topic. Which let's go to that now. All right, so let's get into our main topic. Um, today, our main topic is called precious plastics. And uh, Ray, you added this, but this is uh, basically like a, a, a website that this guy has created. Uh, yeah, and uh, as a matter of fact, before uh, I get into it, because uh, I'm looking into it from a uh, what he has done as far as scale and manufacturing, mm -hmm. I'm curious what you think about it uh, from a from a non-manufacturing point of view. Um, what do you think about what this guy's doing? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I approached it when I looked at it, and you know, right off the bat, when you watch his video, it's very cool. Everything he's doing, um, I, I looked at it from a sort of a making perspective, and then when I saw mm -hmm. his website, I was like, wow, this guy's like really trying to get people to do this. Um, it's not unlike what we have talked about previously when we're talking about three um, D printing. You know, this guy to a degree is doing what we have said. It'd be great to take an old piece of plastic, grind it up, and then reuse that plastic. 
Um, so he's opening that window for people. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, it, we covered that in one of our previous podcasts right. where wouldn't it be something where you can just recycle everything you need at home? Mm -hmm. You know, you take something old and you grind it up and you turn it into something new. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Um, I, and, I mean, that's exactly what he's doing. It's clearly not everything, but no. but that's, that's what he's trying to do here. Yeah. Well, what, what, from my point of view, uh, you know, as you know, I, I uh, work in an industrial setting yeah. and I manufacture all kinds of things. Uh, from my point of view, the machines that he has built, I'm familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, but not nearly to the tiny scale that he has created. Yeah, I was going to say, I've uh, never seen anything in your shop <laughs> that's to this scale, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, everything in my shop is huge. Right. Um, but uh, and, the, and the stuff in our shop we use to work on uh, on customers, you know, industrial customers, machinery. Right. And some of our customers are actually uh, plastic extruders. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you look at that little uh, extruder that he has, that little de uh, tabletop extruder. Right, right. The one that he used to make the filament, right? Correct, yeah. the filament, which is quite interesting, and that really ties into making your own raw material for, for, uh, for 3D printing if you were interested in doing right. that. Uh, the smallest one I've ever seen weighs 5,000 pounds. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's the smallest one. Right. And uh, and where when I've seen it, I'm like, oh, these are cute. Mm -hmm. uh, Five thousand pounds, are, they're like cute little machines. I just uh, finished installing one for a customer where we built all kinds of uh, uh, supports and, and platforms and all kinds of things for it. Right. Uh, that one weighed thirty-five thousand pounds. Wow. So he has built a tiny version of industrial machinery mm -hmm. that fit on a tabletop that you could, you know, carry it and move it uh, wherever you want. He has really brought down the scale of industrial manufacturing to the average person in a home, easy to maintain, easy to work, and more importantly, he has done this for free. Right. He has developed it, he spent several years developing it, and by the way, uh, I may have missed it, his name is Dave Hackens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Dave, uh, Dave Hackens. We'll yeah. put his uh, his information in the notes so people can find his... Yeah, and we'll put a uh, link to the website directly, I mean, as well as the video. But, um, but I mean, it's interesting what you say, because yeah, he's miniaturized all this stuff, uh, now you said for free. I do wonder though, how much these machines cost to make. You know, I was looking at that, and even though the plans are completely free, right. all the dimensions are free, and uh, he even has video instruction on how to do it, you still have to get these parts made. Right. Uh, and I and I took a look in particular to the uh, the grinder. Mm -hmm. uh, the those grinders, I've never seen one that tiny, mm -hmm. and that one is really tiny. The next one that was close was probably five or six times that size and it's probably a twenty thousand dollar machine wow. uh so yeah. yeah so this this grinder that he and, and those are referred to as hammer mills those little blades are all like hammers and they mm -hmm. all uh, uh push past each other and they grind the material right. same exact technology the technology he has built is exactly the same it's used uh whether you're uh, doing plastics or you're grinding entire cars mm -hmm. Uh, same exact technology, nothing that has changed. The scale is so different. And I would guesstimate that the manufacturing, if you were going to build one yourself and have it either laser cut or water jet cut or machine, the, the parts that you couldn't do on your own, uh, you're probably in about five to $600 range to have the parts made, and then you do the rest of the, right. the work yourself. Really, uh, unbelievably economical. Right, right. Well, I mean, economical when you think about the alternatives to this, um, yeah. still not necessarily reachable for everybody. No, not for right. everybody. Th this definitely will take some investment yeah. of time and, yeah. and some money, but it is he has brought it down to such a level of affordability if somebody wants it or if a collective, mm -hmm. if, you know, a, a small collective wanted to do this kind of thing for a, a local community, uh, it is really uh, doable. It's really foreseeable yeah. for, for that kind of scale. Yeah, I mean, I mean at five to $600, a makerspace that is already spending at least that much on a 3D printer can afford to do this. You would oh, think, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it's comparable in that side, in that way to a 3D printer. Yeah. Um, and that's just referring to the grinder. He's actually developed four different machines, right. a grinder, an extruder, um, a, an injection molder, and a... Um, a thermal setter, mm -hmm. uh, uh, thermal set molder. It's 
all quite fascinating, mm-hmm. and if somebody's uh, really interested, they could look at that. Well, and but let's just, those last two, right, the injection molder and the thermal setter, are those require? I mean, those molds are need to be made themselves, right? So there's actually more yes. more investment part because manufacturing those molds is also an expense, right? Oh, absolutely. That's not really the, the covered here per se. No, there yeah. isn't. But um, if uh, I, the way I was looking at it, these are actually very crude molds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In an industrial setting for for commercial parts that you you get you know the stuff you get all the time, those molds are actually very expensive. Uh, a precision mold and, and molds are usually very precise. There's an exact craft angle. You have to account for shrinkage in the material. Right, right. Uh, it's actually very complicated to make a mold. A small mold uh, in a, for an industrial machine it will you probably start anywhere between twenty five to a hundred thousand dollars for <sighs> that kind of mold. Man. But you're making hundreds of thousands right. or millions of parts. Right, right, right. Yeah. For his scale, these are these don't have to be anywhere near as precise. Mm-hmm. These are uh, household items, everyday items. Right. There's no real precision to them. Uh, those are probably the between the five hundred to thousand uh, dollar range of a mold. And if you consider if if this is being made by a by a small group of uh, of interested people mm-hmm. or a little collective or even uh, some dedicated makers, you can chip in. And the more molds you make, let's say you make a dozen molds, it drives the price of them down. And now you're producing a product for your local community at a very reasonable mm-hmm. price at, uh, you know, let's say if they're $500 a piece. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because in his video, he basically sort of frames it in that way, right? He opens the garage door and he starts making all of these things that then he's selling basically out of the same shop he's working at. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and what he's done in that video that you mentioned is he is, whether it's... Uh, just sub, I'm not sure how subliminal it might be or, or overt, mm. but he had, I don't know if you even noticed that he has a small sign that says that they purchase plastics there right. and there's a, there's a scale there. Mm. So now it's actually created a small economy mm. in a local uh, neighborhood. People are bringing in what would otherwise end up on the streets. Right. I, I pick up garbage on, on the side of my house all the time that gets blown around here and it's always plastic. Mm. Uh, and so he's addressed this uh, this modern uh, this modern universal material slash industrial plague yeah. <laughs> that we call plastic, and he's taken it from this uh, this uh, temporary um, disposable material that then becomes a nu- a nuisance in the in the environment, and has said, you know what, if this is your problem, you can fix this problem and create an economy and at the same time we make the world a better place we clean it up yeah, it doesn't need to be in the landfill yeah and the i mean the interesting the, the the biggest thing about his whole this website he's created is that you know i love his plan here right that he's checked three of them off and he has one ready to 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 go and it's you know the first part of the plan is develop the machines to recycle plastic share yes. the blueprints online for free which is great what he's doing and then he provides the knowledge, people the knowledge to start. The last one is spread the word to everybody, which is what he's working on now. And I mean, it's a great plan. It's a great, um, it's a great uh, purpose that he's come out of this with. Um, yeah, and yeah. and what I like about it is it's it's selfless. Uh, um, I, up to this point, it's right. selfless. I don't know what the future is going to hold. I'm sure that this is going to turn into something lucrative for him mm-hmm. at some point. But uh, all the time and money he's invested has been on his own. Mm-hmm. He hasn't he hasn't uh, uh, made anything at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's doing it from a from a very good um, selfless starting point. Yeah. And I think that that you know uh, it's going to take off for him. And maybe just the spreading of the words, people are going to see. You know what? We got to do something about this this mess that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and address it locally, even if you're not using this material or this technology or making these machines, yeah. the awareness alone, I think, has value. Right, no, absolutely. Awareness has a ton of value. Um, and, and this is what I think we should do to go along with this. I think it would be interesting for us, I mean, because the two machines that that um, appeal to me the most are the grinder, obviously, because you need the grinder to do any of these ones, right? The grinder yes, is the yeah. first mm-hmm. part of it. And then the the extruder that let him do the filament, as well as this little little lampshade. Um, so I think we should try and look and see. We should like as a sort of a side project, even if we don't build them, is try and see what it would cost us to make these two machines 
and then report back with that to people and be like, okay, so we looked into it. This is how much we're looking at the cost for it. You know what? That's a great idea because, uh, as you know, I've built a lot of my own machines. Right. And uh, just my uh, my lathe that uh, we did our 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 shield from. Mm -hmm. um, if I were to buy that lathe, that's an eight thousand dollar lathe, something yeah. of that size, mm -hmm. and I built it for nine hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. So. so so it's really uh, when you do it yourself and you know where to look for materials and parts and and, mm -hmm. and what you're looking for, you can do it very economically. And I actually think we should probably go a little step further. And I like the idea of the grinder. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it'll be helpful that uh, one uh, you and Claudia can come over on a Friday or a Thursday, and I'll take you to one of our industrial customers, and you can actually see what normal size mm -hmm. <laughs> looks like for these machines. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll be uh, you'll be really shocked to see the. Well, you know that I might, mean I, that might make an interesting video to even put up f as part of this. You know, maybe we take a couple of photos and and do a little video of that so that we can put up and people can see what these things really look like in, in large yeah, size. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because I don't, I don't. If you're not familiar with it, you don't really right. uh, grasp the level of uh, of ingenuity and and uh, engineering that this young man has put into these machines. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really quite impressive. Yeah. Now the only part that I didn't see he in his video, he has this chart where he's looking at like the plastic mixes. I didn't really see that on his site. I mean, the, you mean the different types yeah, of plastics? Yeah, different types of plastics that you can use or that you can oh, use yeah. for this. You know, you know, I guess there's a raw materials part here. but Yeah, the raw materials can be a little bit tricky mm -hmm. because there are basically two types of plastics. There are, there are thermal form plastics and thermal set plastics. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if you want to just give you the five-second mm -hmm. uh, description, a thermal uh, forming plastic is a plastic that... Uh, can be melted and remelted like HDPE, which is high density polyethylene. Mm -hmm. uh, you can take and you can uh, melt it uh, almost an infinite amount of times. Uh, it gets a little bit more complicated because the actual uh, structure of the plastic changes the more times you melt it. So in an industrial application where quality is is crucial, uh, they limit the amount of re what they call remelt or regrind to about 20% of the batch mix. Um, anything more than that, and what happens is your your characteristics change. But for this purpose, I don't think that is that critical um, uh, an issue. So uh, a thermal uh, form plastic, you can melt it and form it, and melt it and form it, and melt it and form it. Mm -hmm. A thermal set plastic is a plastic that um, is cured it with uh, with heat, either at directly applied or as a byproduct of its of a chemical reaction. And that is it. Mm. Once it's thermal set, there's nothing you're going to be able to do with it. You can't regrind it. You can't right. remelt it. You can't do anything with it. Uh, polyurethane is one mm. of those particular uh, types of plastics. So, uh, and you know, we deal with a lot of plastics. So like yeah. it or not, plastics are an essential part of our of our uh, world. And I think we just need to be more aware of, of how we treat them. And um, you know, personally, I, uh, my wife and I, we actually produce more recyclable waste. Than, than actual garbage. Mm -hmm. We fill our recycle can to, to the brim to overflowing yeah, um, I mean, it's, every week. It's just something you can't escape at this point. Everything comes, of course. In, comes in some kind of a bottle or some kind of plastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and our actual garbage is less than a small kitchen bag a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, if you are conscious and you're aware of it, I think that uh, uh, you know, it's, not a, it's not a difficult thing to do. Yeah. No, I mean, I and I think in our lifetime, we've seen a huge shift in, in how we think about recycling uh, in general. Oh, I know absolutely. My parents, I mean, that wasn't a thing <laughs> when we were <laughs> growing up. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, uh, my parents uh, and, and my grandparents were like, uh, why are you worrying about that? Why are you recycling? Mm. Just throw it away. Don't, don't you're, you're wasting time. Nobody's doing that. You're just wasting time. You're wasting energy. It takes mm. too much to effort. Well, I remember when the bins first started showing up at people's doors, you know, for you to put your recycling in. Yeah, this was in Florida. And people were like, what is this thing for? They put regular <laughs> garbage in it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 or they use it to lug rocks around the yard right. or whatever. Right, yeah. This is very interesting. I think this is well, maybe a future project for us to look into, but I mean, I think there is a level of like, it's clearly not affordable for everybody, but you know, this is sort of the first step. Maybe it moves towards a more affordable way of manufacturing these things. Maybe he can start manufacturing some of the parts that he could sell at, you know, at scale. Yeah, and you know that might be part of the part.
part of his long-term plan mm -hmm. is, you know, now he's generating the interest and maybe he starts manufacturing and selling parts or kits mm -hmm. uh, for those people that can't manufacture on their own. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the grinder, I'm looking at it, if we get all the parts like the, the motor, the gearbox, and maybe some of the controls, if we get them all used, mm -hmm. uh, you probably have $300 there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, luckily for us, I run a machine shop so I can get anything I want cut. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, there, that really won't be very much. And material-wise, you're probably looking at about 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. So if I don't count any of the labor, we can probably put one together for well under $1,000 uh, looking at the grinder, for example. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, he's clearly not in the U.S., because he lists no. he lists the material cost at 180 euros. Yeah. Which unfortunately. And that's probably only the di direct materials. Right. And I do know that he, uh, even the wiring he collected uh, from a salvage yard. So mm. he salvaged everything he could at a very reduced market cost because it, everything was used. Uh, the only thing that he had to hire out was uh, the the laser cutting. Mm. But yeah. but I think it's fantastic. Push. It's uh, it's interesting to see somebody uh, doing this because industry is not interested in doing something at this scale. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, and I, and I think he's got a great model. And I think maybe in the next few years, if we keep an eye on him, we're going to see exactly that. Not only does he offer plans, but if you for free, but if you need to order a kit of parts and assemble it yourself, uh, I think he's going. Uh, and if he's not thinking about it, I think he should. Yeah. No, I think absolutely because he has he has a know-how, and I think there'll be enough interest, or at least I hope there's enough interest that people are gonna want the parts, the parts that they can't get themselves to be able yeah. to make this. So yeah, I think I think it'd be great if he could get into that or, or, or so he could team up with somebody. You know, maybe mm -hmm. we should reach out to him because I mean, these are parts you could definitely, the parts that can't be bought, these are parts you could definitely make in your shop. Maybe, oh, maybe yeah. there's a way of us helping him out with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and you know, you could, You I think you bring up a good point, we could uh, maybe, if, especially if we have a few other people interested, mm. push a, a U.S. branch right. uh, of his uh, of his model here. Right, right. Well, I think we'll, we'll yeah, let's definitely look into what we think it would take to make this stuff, and then let's report back in a few weeks what we found. It might take us a little bit of time since we're in different states, but but yeah, 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 yeah. I think it'd be good. <laughs> um, I think so. That'd be cool. So I may grab some sound out of one of his videos to just sort of play. This bottle is made from plastic. Actually, a lot of things we have are made from plastic. It's used everywhere, but it also ends up everywhere, damaging our planet. Which is weird. It's a precious material laying around everywhere, for free. We could also turn this waste into something new. Unfortunately, we haven't got the machines to do this ourselves. They're only for the big boys. So we develop machines that enable everyone to work with plastic and start their own little factory. Waste is shredded in small flakes, which will be used to create something new. Alright, good. I, mean, I think this is, this is a, a site to keep it's a, for everybody out there. It's preciousplastic.com and I'll put a link to it on the description of the podcast as well. But you know, everybody keep an eye on it and let, let's see what we can figure out with this. Perfect. Yep. All right, let's move to the next section of the podcast. So our next segment product here is a product of the week. Um, we are looking at, uh, it's funny because we have a video for this as well, and it sort of ties into what we were just talking about with the main topic and plastics. This is the All Forge, and uh, this is a product also that you found, Ray. Um, yeah, uh, Jose, uh, it's interesting because I know that you and I talked, uh, you and I and, uh, and Claudia talked about 3D printing and the possibility yeah. of what we could see in our in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to say, oh, we're pushing 3D printing because that's not the case. It's just that uh, there's a lot of interesting things happening um, with uh, with that kind of technology. Yeah, uh, this but this product's not 3D printing, really. Cor correct. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say that this one product is not, but it ties into... Um, the main topic that we were discussing with precious plastics and that idea that in the you know bringing manufacturing down mm -hmm. to an appliance in the home that yeah. everybody is going to have uh kind of like the microwave oven right um, right, right you yeah. know and i know we discussed that you know the microwave the first microwave oven cost more than a car mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and um, I think we talked about that. Was it, was it the first show? I don't remember now. I'm not There's sure a couple, now. A couple of shows back, we definitely talked about this whole, where, where the 3D printing thing started and how you compare yeah. to the microwave oven. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what this is, and it's funny, we, were, uh, we, we just managed to get this at the right moment. Mm -hmm. It went live today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Today, their, uh, their crowdfunding campaign went live. And so they actually uh, changed a few things on their website. Mm -hmm. So I had to put a new link in there for the, the actual video. But what they have done is they have basically taken a lot of that uh, industrial technology. This is basically an injection molding machine. Yeah. Um, and in, in many cases, uh, a slightly different um, orientation mm -hmm. uh, than uh, what is used in precious plastics. A little bit more refined, a little more uh, of an actual product. Mm -hmm. And their concept is that you can basically make anything you need at home, whether it's metal or plastic, or Chocolate, what's interesting, right? even so yeah, food on it. That's even foods. Yeah. And and it's quite uh, interesting uh, that uh, we have this, and you pointed it out last time, kind of like that replicator kind right. of technology. Obviously, it's not there, but but what an interesting step forward. Now, it. Uh, it well, yeah, and it, it's funny because it's it. We first had the 3D printer that you could have at home. Then it's moved into CNC machines, and now this is an injection mold, and it, it's just the ne it's the next step. And I know I've seen CNC printers that also 3D print. <laughs> at what point are we gonna be able to combine all three of them to to get like what we were saying, the replicator from Star Trek, right? It's, oh yeah, yeah. I, and I think you've hit it on the head. I think what what we we're gonna see, especially how fast it's moving. Um, is that they're going to combine all these technologies, uh, whether it's um, it's selective uh, laser melting and injection molding and 3D printing and all of these technologies mm -hmm. are going to be combined. And seeing how this is actually designed to include making food stuff, mm, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I mean this is just it's, very very it, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's funny because I was like when they were doing the plastics, I was like, okay, it it's funny because it, you can do a lot of the stuff they were doing with the plastic of the 3D printer. You can make one of this sort yes. of allows you to make multiples of it. Yes, um, and at once, and it's yeah. automated. Right, it's automated. That's the other thing that it's was great. Now uh, the injection molding, they they actually have a couple of different models. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have the uh, the what they call the candy model, which is for food, and mm -hmm. they have the the boss model. Uh, that is for uh, you know a little bit higher production right. and and metals and then they have uh, another model I, I don't remember what it is right now but they've got a couple of different models of different price ranges the most expensive one the reason I'm bringing it up is that it's about eight thousand dollars full price and mm -hmm. it it does seem like a lot but but the technology that he is uh, scaled down is uh, the smallest one that I've ever seen is going to cost you between. Seventy-five and a hundred thousand dollars. So when you when you think about it, it is very high right now, mm -hmm. at this moment. Absolutely, it's very high. Right, right. But and it's high when you compare it to the price of three D printers and three and laser cutters, and because they've yeah. gone down in price quite a bit. This is the first one of these machines. Exactly, right. and they're and it's not even off the ground right, right. now. They're doing their and I they're doing their crowdfunding, and I, I want to say that uh, I'm not tied to them in any way. Mm -hmm. I don't have yeah. any investment in there. I just found it uh, interesting. That um, they're they're the uh, the the per average person that has the ability to make these things is thinking that small scale of putting it in the home, and uh, I've seen the operation of this machine, and the first thing I was thinking is, man, that is a dangerous machine to have in a house, <laughs> because an injection mold has two halves and it opens and closes, right. and uh, in an industrial setting, people have actually flattened their hands, mm. uh, you know, destroyed their hands because they thought they were faster than the machine. Right. This machine moves very, very slowly mm -hmm. and hopefully. Yeah, they've clearly done the research on safety for it. Absolutely. Um, it moves so slow that there's no way you can get something caught in there unless you deliberately leave it in there. Right, right. Now, so, the other thing to point out about this is that the molds themselves, though you have to get either, you have to make yourself or go through a third party. Um, yes, and, you, and that's exactly what I was gonna bring up. Uh, what, what they are advertising is that you can either CNC machine, yeah, that's that's because you have one of those in your in your uh, garage. Yeah. Well, I mean, I <laughs> you guess you could have a little one. You have, they have the little miniature ones now that you can yeah. have, but still, it's, yeah, it's it's not the most affordable thing either. No, yeah. 
but uh, you can CNC machine your own molds or you can 3D print your own molds. Either way, you still need another process, right. another technology. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, they hinted, and, and I don't know if you caught it in the video, they s just hinted that they can do that for you and have it shipped the next day. Right. I did, uh, I did so, yeah. Yeah. so they have opened up their their uh, their business model to include not only the, the initial machine and the support for the machine itself, mm -hmm. but also the molds to uh, uh, as a secondary product, which is which is fascinating and it's necessary. Yeah. Um, I don't see this particular unit as your everyday home usage mm -hmm. for the average person, but for a small. Um, product manufacturer just getting started trying well, to and when it comes to you know the fact that they're going to sell the molds and they're going to sell parts for it i mean that's not unlike a lot of 3d printed companies you know i i just saw an article which is not you know we didn't talk about yet but maybe we'll talk about next week about you know uh, 3d printers and old sort of add-ons that they would sell to go along with the 3d printers you know a lot of 3d printers have their own special filaments uh, or yes. the, the the heads you have to change you have to you can only buy them from that from them manufacturer yes. so it's not unlike 3d printers at this point they have they do the same thing they you know it's just like inkjet printers you know we sell you an inkjet printer for 75 dollars or a hundred dollars but the ink costs 75 bucks for it yeah it's and, and it only our cartridge fits our machine right right, right. well and that's that's a way that they make a proprietary um uh consumable that you have to get from them mm -hmm. Uh, and and you know as far as business is concerned, it's a it's a business model that's been used mm. uh, extensively. You know you can't put a Chevy water pump on a Ford engine. Mm. It's it's just the way uh, things are, and um, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, no, except I mean the, to be honest, if nowadays with the internet, what it is, you can hack a lot of these things to put your own parts on. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. So yeah, if you just want to do if there if where there's a will, there's a way to buy absolutely. the machine and then customize it to your means. Oh yeah, and and we do that all the time. Sometimes we have uh, customers' machines that uh, they have to make parts for, or a mold for, or a, a die head. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they tell us is we don't have drawings and we don't know what size it is. Mm -hmm. So we always have to reverse engineer everything, uh, and then we once we have that information, we can customize anything we want for it. Yeah. So it it would be no big deal to reverse engineer something, mm -hmm. but it would have to be a a company like ours that that has the facility to do that. Because uh, for the average person to try to reverse engineering, it could be it could be expensive. Yeah, it could be, and I mean, and yeah. the time and the know-how. So, yeah. but yeah, it's 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 a great product, and I do want to add, like like what you mentioned, um, that we don't have an affiliation with any product that we're putting on here. Um, Correct. We just sort of find it ourselves, and we put it on here to talk about. Um, now that's to say, if somebody does want to send us something to talk about, we'd definitely love to, to, to look at it and talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll look at it objectively. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're not taking any so, money from anybody, no. unfortunately. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know what, uh, just to close it, mm -hmm. I think it's an enormous, uh, huge leap forward into mm -hmm. that appliance in your mm -hmm. home that is like an oven or like a microwave, or like a refrigerator. Um, it's. I, I think it's. A, it's got a huge potential. Again, we're in the infancy, yeah. and uh, I think we're lucky that we are. We are here to witness this. It reminds me of, uh, you know, people a hundred years ago witnessing the first airplane, mm -hmm. or you know, the first um, car without a ho the ho you know the, the horseless the carriage. carriage. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You know those those huge leaps. This gives me an uh, idea, actually, of maybe uh, an episode we should do of machines or other tools that aren't available to the local consumer that we'd love to see become l consumer products. You know what? That's a, that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. We'll, we'll have to look at that one of these days. Because th every day there's a new product coming out that's doing that. You know, this now is injection yeah. molding, <laughs> which yeah. I, I never thought I'd see, you know? I, yeah, not at this scale. No, no, no. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I've been thinking about a, a product that I want to make. It, it's a board game. I'll just come on and say it. it's a board game that I want to that I want to make. And I was thinking about you know the the little pieces for the board game. And my mm -hmm. thought was, well, I'm gonna have to 3D print them, or I'm gonna have to you know do sort of dump molds out of uh, resin and and making the molds themselves out of silicone or whatever. But that's a tedious process, and you have to redo the silicone every once in a while. This oh yeah, the molds are not forever. Right. This machine sort of would make it easier to do this kind of project that I want to do. 
Yeah, yeah. At, a, and a, at a small scale, and it's automated. Right. Once you set it run, you just got to keep material in it and yeah. keep an eye on it, and it'll just keep making parts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so now, it's very exciting. Yeah, and um, uh, if you if you uh, notice that you know they were saying that it make it only takes uh, you know seconds to make the part, but the cooling is the issue. Right. That's what takes the longest. Yeah. And in the industrial machines, a part is injection molded, and it has the mold itself is very. Ex the reason it's so expensive mm -hmm. is it has water jackets in it. Mm, so cool the it. part is molded, it cools it, and it spits it out in you know five to ten seconds. Right, right. Yeah. So this would not, yeah, this would be a, <laughs> you have to let it cool for a while. Yeah, this takes about five minutes, but but still a huge leap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's again, it's time frame wise, it's not crazy. A three D printer can take hours to print one piece. You know, you Correct. Can, a lot of people set them overnight doing it. You know, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, five minutes is a huge leap forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So very cool. All right. Well, yeah, that's the product of the week. We will uh, check back on this maybe. See one. See how they do with the crowdfunding. Hopefully, it uh, it, it does well. Good. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it does too. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to our next section. Uh, okay. So let's talk real quick about what are we working on. Um, I know, Ray, you have something you've been working on for uh, You've been working on it for a while, but there's a little a news article about it. Uh, yeah, it's um, as you know, I've been making wheels now for uh, probably over five years, custom, mm -hmm. and I guess... Custom is not a strong enough word. Uber custom, super custom mm -hmm. wheels. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you've seen the, the skull ones that I did yeah, uh, not yeah. too long ago. So uh, I've been pushing into a new market in the bicycle custom bicycle market, and uh, I, I just put a video up on my YouTube channel, and a, uh, a custom bicycle magazine uh, contacted me, and they, uh, they wanted to do an article. So they published an article on the the ultra custom nature of our wheels and that no one else is doing that. I didn't realize that nobody else was doing this level of custom. Mm. Uh, since I've been doing it so long, I didn't realize we were the only ones. They're doing the, the custom wheels like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it's, a, a, it's a, a lot of times... Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry? No, go ahead. Um, a lot of times I get a request and he says, oh, here's the drawing. Here's mm. an image and I'm not sure how to make this a wheel and we convert it and we've done horse heads and uh, silver ferns uh, the anarchy symbol, biohazard, mm -hmm. I mean, you name it. And then those skull wheels, uh, and we can put a link to that. Yeah. Uh, the skull wheels were ones I did for my own personal uh, bicycle project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and you know, they're very cool, especially because you can do anything. And I know you, and you know, this is a new thing. You've been working on this for years now. What, three, Absolutely, four years? Yeah. Five, about five, five years. years. Yeah, yeah, you've been doing the wheels mostly for, what was it like? It was, it's not harness hard, racing. Harness, harness racing, yeah. Yeah. So now you've moved into the bicycles, and this is very, they're very cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Very, very cool. Mm. And uh, we'll, put a, we'll put a link to this uh, this article on on the description as well. Uh, okay. Very cool. Good, good. Yeah, and uh, I myself have not been doing much uh, building. I'm working on a design for this, this game, like I mentioned, and I've also been, because of, I've been selling prints and photography, I've been sort of focusing on that. I sold another piece of furniture that I had put some photos on, um, I had put one photo on. I made a coffee table, and that's old. Maybe I'll, I'll uh, try and find a photo of it and put a link up for it as well. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, no, no, you haven't seen that one. I, and I put a little article about the previous table. Hopefully, people got a chance to look at it. Yeah, I saw that article. That was a little blog post. Yeah, yeah nice. it was. It was, and they're cool projects. It's, they're hard to, to see them go sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, you get attached to them. Yeah, yeah. So it was been good, good. But I tell you what, the the more you do that. Um, for me, when I make something, the making is what has, uh, is where the, the fun is. Once right. it's done, I kind of lose interest. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and you know, it's <laughs> funny because for me, sometimes it's more in the design. Like when I'm thinking of the idea, I start doing the design. And once it's the thing is designed, like sometimes it's like hard for me to get into the making of it or, or finishing it. So. Oh, going yeah. taking it to the next step. Yeah, yeah. So I got to work on that part. Yeah. Um, all right, good. So that's what we're working on. I know Claudia couldn't make it today, but she says she's very busy. She's busy today, so. Um, yeah, hopefully in the next couple of weeks she can come in and tell us some of the stuff she's been yeah. working on because it's it's exciting stuff too. So yeah, and she's been in the news. I, that's I, right. I like that. That it was a very nice little uh, blurb in there. No, no, that's right. I think you know what? I'll, I'll add a link to that as well because she was just on the news. There's been some water issues that have been happening here in the city, and and she she with uh, with along with the Sierra Club sort of did a I don't want to say a mini protest, but they went to sort of make a point to the city council here in D.C. 
and uh, yeah. I think it'd be good. I'll, I'll add it to the description as well because people should, should see that. Absolutely, yeah. and and one of the things that uh, made me aware, I wasn't aware of the water problem in D.C. and in the schools. I mean, if there's one place there should not be a water problem is where the the children are are being educated. Water should not be a concern. Right. Absolutely, and I, I think the biggest issue on this thing was is that the city sort of tried to hide it a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, look at the look at the story, and you you'll get the full scope of it. But yeah, the, it's you know you the Flint, Michigan issue's got a lot of news coverage, but what's been happening here in DC sort of been sh swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah, it's been glazed over. Yeah, and they they went out of the way to make a point about it. So yeah, and I and I thought it was a very uh, a very powerful point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, good, good. So that's I mean that's our show for the week. Um, I have an idea for next week, Ray, and I, I, you talk, we've been talking about doing a show. Let, let, you know, we've last week we we didn't get a chance to do the show, but the, the one that went up was the the Baltimore school. I don't know if you remember that was one of our uh, yes. practice ones, and I think it was, yes, it was. a good show. <laughs> um, yeah, and this week we we're, we're, we're yeah we were trying to work out the kinks and yeah. recording and all that. Yeah. yeah, this week we talked about manufacturing. I think next week let's do a fun one here. I, I think we should we're gonna have a debate between between all of us here. I think oh, that sounds good. Yeah, we're, we're gonna bring. We're each gonna bring animals that are either the best builder or the best maker, right? Uh huh. And, okay. And we're gonna come to a consensus as to which animal we each think is the best builder or the best maker. We're gonna take people out of it. Humans, humans are animals. We're gonna take humans out of it. Right? Out of the equation. Yeah. yeah. So it's other animals, and I think. So is it a, a, like a debate that uh, is kind of I think my animal is better than your animal for this reason? Yeah, like bring an animal that you want to bring you want to you want to bring forward. This like you know yeah. I want this, I think this animal is the best builder because of this this and this reason, and yeah. then we talk about it. And the next person is like, well, I think this animal. So bring a couple, you know, in case we overlap. You know, let's just okay. Let's say each one of us will have two or three animals that we're we feel are the best builders, and let's try and come to a consensus at the end of what animal we think is the the king of the builders, if you will. <laughs> the king of the builders. I yeah. like that. Good, good. All right. Well, yeah, this has been a fun show. I think, uh, uh, as, as always, we have our Twitter account. I have my Twitter account, which is at City Aperture. Uh, I know, Ray, you have your YouTube and your Facebook, which we have links for on the description as well. Yeah. We still mm -hmm. got to get you on Twitter. I'm going to try and get you on Twitter one of these days. Yeah, I'm going to have to do something. Yeah. We also have a Facebook page for the for the podcast. It's made. Um I'll put a link to that as well. I haven't been putting a link to that on the on the description, but I'll put a link to that. And uh, and it seems that we're catching on a little bit. I think so. I think we've been getting yeah. a, a few subscriptions and a lot of listens. We, you can hear us not only in iTunes but also on SoundCloud. So I, I gotta add links to all of that. And uh, and we have an email address as well if people want to listen to us. It's madepodcast at gmail .com. You know, and ultimately, if you don't want to follow, you don't want to send an email. You know, if you like what you're hearing, I think send a let let a friend know. You know, if you know somebody that would be interested in this stuff, tell a friend, and hopefully they'll start yeah. listening. Yeah, share the share the page yeah. or send a link somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, for myself and Claudia, goodbye. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>